Welcome back to another week of Sluts and Scholars. I'm Nicoletta. And I'm Simone. And this week joining us, we have Susie Q. Uh, Susie Q is a journalist, porn performer, and outspoken sex workers' rights activist. She is the creator and host of The Whorecast, the author of Truth, Justice, and the American Whore, a weekly contributor to the SF Weekly, the director of policy and industry relations at the Free Speech Coalition, which is a nonprofit trade association of the pornography and adult entertainment industry in the United States. And uh, <laughs> in case you were concerned that all of her work went unrecognized, <laughs> never fear. She's also the 2015 recipient of the Feminist Porn Award. That is Susie such Q. a great resume. I feel like every week we get someone who has like another paragraph. She's like fanning herself. <laughs> I'm just like, hello. Like, it's it embarrassing. <laughs> No, it's great. I call. I like was reading all these things, and I called lots of different information. And I was like, Thank "Oh you. my god, this is so fucking accomplished." <laughs> Cocktail parties are awkward. People are like, "What do you do?" And I'm like, sit "Everything. Down. Just sit down." <laughs> and I try to pick one, but then like other stuff comes out. It's like, "Why didn't you tell me what you also write for a newspaper?" What? Like, uh, who are you? So and you also you also dance. Um, I occasionally, occasionally, like, um, not for a long time. I haven't done the feature dancey thing, but I oh. love doing it. And I, but I do perform, um, occasionally as well. Like I, I had a stage reading of my play, um, Fish Girl here recently. And, uh, my girlfriend, Bella Bathory puts on Femdom Fatale, uh, here in LA at Bar Sinister. Oh, yes. we love um, Barson. Hadzi Han is also involved in that. And I occasionally perform there at Femdom Fatale. So. Oh, so So exciting. for people listening, I feel like sex worker is a broad term how would you define someone who identifies as a sex worker uh somebody who engages you know does sex for money in some capacity you know sex means a lot of different things yeah what are you defining as sex oh god because i'm like on this crusade <laughs> to like stop referring to only like penetrative yeah. vagina stuff as sex so i'm very curious by like what you mean you know this is actually really interesting because i read an article recently um about chinese sex workers and there's this this word in uh mandarin or cantonese that it you know, is a word for sex workers, but it means something, you know, very specific to that region. And that the workers there actually reject the concept of, of sex work because it focuses on the criminal part of our work. And it just focuses on it focuses also on one part of our work when these women say, like, so much of what we do is not having sex, which I, I definitely identify with. Yeah, so as, then how do you, what does sex work mean to you in your life? Oh gosh, I mean, I've done everything. I've, um, I started out dancing at the Lusty Lady Theater, which was a unionized worker-owned peep show. Cool. Um, it was great. And oh, um, I wish I could have seen a show there. Oh my God. It, is it was still open? No, it was shuttered in 2013. Oh. It's very sad, very, very sad. But it was like magical, feminist, summer camp, punk rock, uh, boot camp, cheerleader camp, I don't know, babysitter's Rah -rah. club. Like it was everything. I'm actually going to a wedding on Saturday. One of my, like, I call her like ho sister, you know, some of the girls <laughs> that I first started dancing. Co worker, co worker. Mm -hmm. A worker, right? Exactly. Oh, that's funny. That's good. Um, but these people are, are my family, you know, like we're not all, we're not best friends, but we're family. Mm. And, um, yeah, so I started there and then I started doing porn and pro doming and escorting and, all of, you know, whatever. How do you define escorting? 
Um, I wanted to make more money. I was stripping, and oh, how do you define it? Sorry. Oh, how do I define it? Define. How did you come across the concept? Just the internet, man. Yeah, just like I don't know. Like people, people have been doing that for a while. <laughs> I, I, I knew that you know there were people that I encountered. Oh, how do I define it? Um, so I exchange, you know, the legal definition is, is exchanging time for money, can be mm. time and companionship, um, and that's you know can look like a lot of different things. You know, intimacy comes in so many forms. Um, my background is in theater and oh. um, actor training and I, I come from a show business family. Um, What's your favorite show or musical? Nicoletta is hoping you're going to say Cats so badly. <laughs> oh. It's a terrible one. It's but the worst one. Oh, you're a Cats up. girl? Okay, no, no, I was I, best friends with a Cats girl, don't worry. I grew up in New York and like <laughs> this was the one that my parents took me to when mm. I was like five, you know, and so. I mean, okay, here's oh my thing Oh my God, Nicoletta, we have sung Magical Mr. Mistopheles together. You do not get to pretend that it was only when you were five. Oh no, it's, it's just it's about lasting, But I used imprinting. to go weekly to right. the Cats show. <laughs> And so I was hoping you would say cats. So, okay, here's my thing with cats. It it was a very, an important thing. Oh, no, thing. it's not good. <laughs> but I still, I think I would fuck Mr. Mistopheles. Oh, my God. Though. Oh, my God, Mr. Mistopheles is fucking hot. No, Rumple, Rumple Jerry. No. <laughs> she is cringing right I'm now. Actually, for me, is putting her face into her shirt. <laughs> for somebody who is, um, like, literally a professional whore, um, I am such a pro. I'm, just, I guess I'm so like I'm, I'm such a pearl clutcher is what I mean I guess a Vesper clutcher yeah. instead of pearls she has a, a fun Vesper vibrator around her neck but clutches that like oh no see the, the vibrator gets like oh no oh it is pretty quiet for such a strong thing oh it's Whoa, very, that's seems not very disapproving Whoa! Yeah, I'm a Hitachi only girl um, but <laughs> I love this this is like the first sex toy that I've ever cared and wait you can see it's inscripted hold on don't worry, it's <laughs> I already touched, touched it. But it has a little inscription on it. You can barely see it. Daddy's little whore. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. It's an early birthday present for my girlfriend. But um, no, I love it. It's really strong. Um, and yeah, even for snobby, like motorized people. But I recently um, masturbated for a shoot with uh, like a vintage, like like 1955. Like a, like a thing to fix hysteria? Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, was yeah. it good? Uh, yes. Did your, did your hysteria go away? Yep, I'm fine now. I don't feel a need to cause any trouble, sir. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> I want, what, what, did you like stick it? Like, was it? They were like, no, it's just a, order. It's yeah. just a vibrator. Like, there's pictures. Oh. Um, cleanmoralpolite.com is where you can see them probably eventually. Isabel Dressler, who's um, taken a lot of photographs of me, like the cover of my book and like the Hornick store picture. I love her. I love, she takes such beautiful photos of everyone she takes photos of she's just like oh there's your inner beauty ah! that's awesome. like, I need to find this person yes cleanmoralpolite.com is her it's her sexy um, website but she has a collection of vintage vibrators and these beautiful colors it was like a, a vibratex or something Ooh, um, and yeah awesome. it was great it was really great Ooh, was, I like these pictures these really right? beautiful pictures Oh, wow. And it's super strong. Super strong. Like, stronger than the Hitachi ever thought about no. being. Yes. Really? But, like, not pretentious like a Sibian. Uh, no offense, Sibian. We love you. But <laughs> <laughs> I love the people over at Sibian. But, you know, like, it's 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 just very, like, um, you have the difference between, like, a ninja like blender. Medical. Yeah. Well, not even. It's just industrial. Industrial. It's like a motor, like a little engine. Yeah. Well, do you, do you go to Burning Man? 
I do not. I went once when I my right after I graduated from high school when I was 18. Because at the at one of the BDSM ones that like Hudsey and them go to um, Spanky's, they have the buffer zone. Mm. And so the buffer zone is people using like those car buffers on each other. So they use it on your whole body. There's this one guy who stays there all day and he wears a silk robe. His name is Scooter. And everyone waits in line for Scooter because he like makes sure to pay very close attention to whatever you need. I'm going to wait. I know it sounds creepy, but you know, it's Burning Man. So you're just kind of like, you know what? It's midday. Like I'm horny and this person has a buffer Um, and it feels good on the rest of your body too. But that thing is industrial because it's like for waxing a car. What? Yeah. You should go to Burning Man just for that. Uh, just, it's worth it. It's just a dust and a price tag. I mean, like, I'm cool with the Korean spa. I feel like there's an implied I, job there. We, we, <laughs> spa is my house. Yeah. I know. My favorite Korean spa has since shut down, which I'm so sad about. Oh, Hankook no. Spa was where it was at. <laughs> Wait, so what's your favorite musical, I guess? Um, you know, I probably have to say Rent. <gasps> Yeah, for That's sure. My I mean, favorite. like, listen, okay, no. I saw Rent. My parents, bless their hearts, and I mean that in the truest sense, not in the Southern sense. Um, my parents raised me on like magic and adventure and true love and all the good things. And the, gosh, I guess it was the Christmas I was. 12 or 13, they surprised me with a trip to London. And we were like, like, Passport in my stocking, tickets for the next day, oh. bags already packed. We have to go to bed right now so we can wake up at 2 a.m. Like that they're they continue to be that kind of uh, parents. And we continue to like have that kind of family. So we went to London. We saw all this theater. We did not see Cats. I'm sorry. <laughs> we did see Les Miserables, which is probably my second favorite <laughs> musical. I suppose Les Mis is more quality than Cats. Well, I think Cats are also great. I just learned bad shit about Andrew Lloyd Webber recently. I just like the parkour. That's really it. He's like an asshole. I mean, duh. Like, like, (laughs) Like, have you seen his He's had several thousand opportunities to vote in British elections in the last 10 years, and he's voted in, like, four, and all of them have been to, like, roll back social, like, welfare programs. I mean. It's real fucked up. Anyway. Speaking of voting, though, you have used some of your sex work things for politics and getting out there. What do you say are some of the most important things that we really need for sex workers in this country. Oh my God. That's um, a long list. Yeah. I mean, we, we have to decriminalize sex work, like in order to stop the spread of HIV and AIDS, we have uh, the spread of HIV. We have to decriminalize sex work to uh, address uh, human trafficking in any meaningful way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's a really important priority is for human trafficking organizations to recognize that. Because and so many of them <clears throat> are so anti-sex work. Yes. Which is a really interesting pickle, yeah, I guess. It is. It is. And there, there is some movement. I mean, I have... Um, have someone from a human trafficking organization coming uh, next week to do some work with the Free Speech Coalition. Like there is definitely movement there. There just needs to be more. Mm-hmm. Um, that and then like, you know, criminalization is important, but it's informed and fueled by a stigma. Mm-hmm. So, you know, addressing the stigma associated with sex work and dismantling it and acknowledging that the people who work in the sex trades are, you know, everywhere and are citizens deserving of equal rights and protections under the law. Um, and, you know, that we're, you know, daughters and sisters and brothers and aunts and uncles and teachers and all, all these things, you know, people do sex work because capitalism sucks. Mm-hmm. You know, people do sex work <clears throat> because we all have to survive somehow. You know, people do sex work because they fucking want to and it's their bodies. Mm-hmm. 
like that's America. <laughs> that's, well, a big, a big part of our podcast is talking about how people are judged based on their sexual behaviors, sexual jobs, whatever it might be. Right. What are some of the biggest misconceptions you think people have about sex workers or that it creates that stigma? The, the, the big misconception, the big lie is that we're different somehow. Mm-hmm. That's the big lie. And that it's wrong. And, you know, the, the big. What mis- do they think you do? Well, it's just I think it's a question of like being treated differently. Yeah. This, I, I felt like there was a really salient example of this on your podcast, mm-hmm. actually, Susie, which is the Horrorcast. And I was listening. And it's awesome. And it's Thank so you. awesome. And I was listening to this episode that you did with Ella Darling, mm. who ran to be an assembly district delegate for the Democratic Party uh, in the San Fernando Valley. And she was talking about the group of people that she ran with mm-hmm. and how her job came up. But she was never like shamed for it. And it was only ever when she brought it up, no one else. And she was like, yeah, Susie, it was just great. They just <laughs> treated me like a peer, not like a sex worker. And that like really hit me hard when I was listening, thinking yeah. about how for some reason peer and sex worker are not cannot for, for some reason aren't really synonyms. Yeah. And that was so just upsetting to mm-hmm. me. Because I like to think I'm this, you know, liberated, woke woman who would never do something like that. And I think that I'm not. But Mm -hmm. the potential of it seems so far reaching. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's something that we all live with every day. And the the consequences are as small as when you (laughs) when you're at a party and someone asks, you know, what you do and you say, I'm a sex worker. And suddenly either everyone like crowds around, you become the most interesting person at the party or people swallow kind of hard and go, oh, and things change in the mm-hmm. party. Like those are the two options. Wow. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And and so when you have a different option, it is surprising. Um, and though, and so it can be as small as, as, as slight as that. And it can be as large as like people being fucking murdered, like December 17th every year, which is the data and violence against sex workers. We oh. gather together in you know, hundreds of places around the world and we mourn our dead and we read the names of everyone who was murdered that year and targeted because of their sex worker status. Like that's real. That's really, really real. Um, I wasn't even aware of that day. That's so important. The day before my birthday. That's so, how can people get involved in that? Um, Go to, I think, December17th.org. If you just Google day, international data and violence against sex workers, um, SWAP, USA, the Sex Worker Outreach Project. Mm-hmm. Um, SWAP? Is, you mentioned that before. What is that? It's the Sex Worker Outreach Project. Oh, you just said yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So um, it's, you know... It, it's a formal yet informal like, you know, coalition of sex worker organizations like both they they have a national level and then they have local chapters. Uh, Swap Sacramento, I definitely have to give a huge shout out to. They do direct services to sex workers in need and they do the work that like a lot of anti-trafficking organizations like should be doing. Mm, like, OK, like, what? like giving people beds, like giving people access to addiction resources, like mm-hmm. getting giving people laundry, giving people a fucking hug, like like giving human support, human to human support for sex workers in need. Wow. What's your favorite part about being a sex worker? Because I know there's so many, I mean, there's so many of these important things Mm -hmm. to talk about policy wise and politics wise. And at the same time, so many people love their jobs. (sighs) Totally. Um, Doing sex work. It's weird because like I started doing sex work, um, a out of necessity. I was like a broke person. Um, I graduated from college in 2008. So we like 
people kind of know what that means. Mm-hmm. Like you have to figure out a different way to make money. Yeah. Um, but aren't you glad? Didn't you have a great four years though? <laughs> Wasn't it fun? You learned how to play pong. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, lucky enough for college. me, lucky enough for me, um, I, I knew I've always known exactly what I wanted to do in, in a way. Um, we, we were talking about musicals earlier. Like I grew up idolizing the horrors of musical theater, like Gypsy Rose Lee, mm-hmm. the, the lovely ladies on the Dockside Pier and Les Miserables, you know, Rent, like the people of Rent who were like hustlers and, you know, a bisexual performance artist. <laughs> like, Total side note, but my mm-hmm. late, um, well, she's not really my aunt, but we don't have much family, but my late aunt Greta uh-huh. um, lived in Gypsy Rose Lee's house. Nice. And they said they used to see her ghost all the time. <gasps> yes. Um, I also have... a. More than just a, a connection to, to Gypsy Rose Lee. So the Hovick family, um, was her last name was Hovick. And the woman who trained me was a Hovick woman as well. She was a, um, a mar- by marriage, you know, was involved in the, so several degrees of separation and like horror lineage or whatever. But <laughs> and if you don't know Gypsy Rose Lee, you should look her up. Totally. So I, I was always in the theater and fascinated with the intersections between uh, theatrical performance and sexual performance. Mm-hmm. Um, it just it was. A, and then when I learned about uh, in college, see, college, I, I had a great time in, in college, college and I learned a lot. I learned a lot in college about theater. And during my theater history three course, I learned about Annie Sprinkle um, oh. and the her uh, political uh, performance art piece, public cervix announcement, in which she put up a circus tent and had people look into a speculum into her cervix. Be- and she did this, I believe, near Washington, D.C. Basically, like, hey, if you want to legislate women's is amazing, if you want to legislate women's bodies, you have to look at them at least. And if you're not oh comfortable my- enough to look at a cervix, then maybe you shouldn't feel comfortable enough making laws about it. Bam. <sighs> yes. <laughs> my job. Oh, my gosh. So she became one of my mentors. I read about her in college and I like moved to San Francisco. I was broke for like a second. Um, Oh, I also read about Carol Queen um, and her book, Real Live Nude Girl, which was about the lusty lady. So I moved to San Francisco. I found those two women basically as soon as possible and was like laid myself at their feet and was like, I'm ready. Help me. Help me. I want to be some semblance of what what you're doing. Wow. Um, And yeah, that's that's so you just went to the lusty lady and you're like, hi, I'm here. Let me, Basically, let me, let me dance. And oh, don't think that my years of musical theater training in the dance world went for naught. Well, I want to know, <laughs> yeah, I I know some good stories. You're like teaching how... routines to everyone. Yeah. There were fan kicks at my audition. Like I'm comfortable <laughs> saying that now. I don't know what a fan kick is. I'm so embarrassed. Well, I don't have underwear on. I would show you. <laughs> That's oh, how we like want to see a fan like, kick. To well, be honest, like, I know, I know, but it's you know. Oh, when you're on the ground, <laughs> yeah. cl- clutching your vest. Yeah, I'm glad clutching my vest. But like, pretend these are my legs, right? Like. Oh my god! Of course, you'd be a great dancer. <laughs> no, I. Everyone listening, practice your fan kicks, preferably without <laughs> underwear. Yes, please do. It's like a combination of fan kicks and public service. Well, since you do a lot of, I'm guessing, fun role play and king stuff now, <laughs> yes. can you give us a couple fun like scenes where you've really used some of that acting? Oh yes, because that sounds delicious. <gasps> yes, absolutely. Um, well, a, I love making porn because I love acting, and I come from that world of. And the thing about porn, it reminds me of theater in that we're the weird kids that just like have sex with each other and like all different ways. It's very similar. By the way, you should offer acting classes for adult entertainers. That's actually a great idea. That's a really good idea. You're welcome. I get half of what you (laughs) 
Oh my gosh, no, that would be so good. Because I really feel like, yeah. no offense, but th- th- could it's a, maybe it would be. Good. I appreciate a good storyline. I appreciate Absolutely. a good storyline and a convincing portrayal. I mean, so does everyone. So does the AVN Awards. Like that's why we give out like best parody, best comedy, best mm-hmm. drama. Like mm-hmm. you know, absolutely. There's that that stuff is is very much valued in yeah. our in our industry. I'd say. Um, so yeah, but anyway, so um, I love acting. making porn, and I love when you like get to like make a movie in a day, and it's like I've got a barn, I've got some toe shoes. Like let's put on a show. It's like a Judy Garland <laughs> musical, but there's like money shots. It's so much fun. Um, but I would say that like in when I was like pro doming and doing like escorting stuff, I had this one person that wanted like weird. I offered, you know, because I danced forever. I offered like ballerina domination. So I wore tights and I wore a tutu and I wore toe shoes and I he like kind of just laid there. So it was like half trampling. Uh, toe shoes make incredible impact devices because they're made of wood and metal yeah. and just like wrapped satin until it's did hard. Did you like walk on this? I, I did a little bit of trampling just like, you know, here it's very safely. You know, you like test someone's weight. Mm-hmm. Do not try this at home. Like, please see a professional who knows how to, about trampling. Toe dancing trampling. <laughs> yes, do not try this at Such home. Such as Bella Bathory. Right, absolutely. She's great. Hansi Han. Yes, anyone of the, um, oh, the, the Dom Collective here in Los Angeles. Um but yeah, so I like did like braid and like flogged him and I don't, I, you know spanked him with All my toe shoes. <laughs> I think I put on something silly. Like, <laughs> I, yeah, I remember that being super super fun. But um, I also really love my boyfriend's porn site. Not to like be too not too much nepotism shout outing. No, play, oh, play no, it. What no. is it? Please, girlbullies.com. Which, check it out. Okay, um, what is girl bullies? We're pulling. You're it up about right to. Now. You know, you're about to. You should just. You should. And we'll you should do click on, on the preview. I, I, think. I should pull it up now. Yeah, I pull it up. A list of okay. things to consult. No, no. Girlbullies.com. And there's a preview that, that like so we made together me. that I'm really proud of. Ooh, <laughs> definitely. It's okay. And I'm make sure the sounds too. I hope the internet works. I hope if it doesn't, that's okay. It's working. The first preview. Yeah. Okay. Girl bullies and mean milfs. Is that you in the middle up top? I think so. Probably. Red lips. It says boys only want it if it's torture. Oh, only oh Taylor Swift. It's up. Like boys only want love if it's torture. But I'm currently watching uh, someone in a cheerleading outfit slap someone. Some face sitting. Oh, a little dick some with a bow and ball on torture. it. A it has a bow on it. It's lighthearted femdom fantasy, and it's mostly outfits and talking. Um, he's, you know, king of the weird clips for sale, femdom, mixed wrestling, panty boy market. And some we have strap on action here. We have a lot of fun. It's a lot of, um, you know, the difference between like a generic femdom is like, yes, mistress, no mistress, yes, ma'am. And then like, this is much more like campy. Yeah, cheer, like mean girls, cheerleaders leaders teasing meanies like it and it really a girl bully shoot reminds me a lot of like stupid dumb improv from college of just like so okay fun. so I'm your stepsister and you found my panties in or I found you I found my panties in your bedroom and I what want some fucking on? answers <laughs> I like how I you put it. on this mean girl voice too like <laughs> yeah. I sound like where I'm from from the valley oh my god do you, you often work panties. with your boyfriend um, not a ton. Like we always like try to. I'm like, how come you make porn with all, all your other girlfriends and not me? And it's like <laughs> because when I see you, I want to like collapse into a puddle and just like revitalize myself until I'm strong enough to face the world again. Usually, <laughs> sounds like a nice a, supportive partner. Yeah, that's that's more our relationship. But when we do shoot together, we have a blast. Yeah, so fun. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to watch more of those videos. Yes, I know. <laughs> what do you think it is people like about that? 
about that? Yeah, that kind of play. I think <laughs> I think it's a great challenge. Like you were saying, I think when a lot of people think Dom or mm-hmm. Dominatrix, they think like you have to have leather and it's right. really aggressive. Um, and this is a little more like, well, shows the different sides that you can have. Totally. I mean... Sam and I are total like and my also my other partner, uh, Bella Bathory, we're all like pop culture femme supremacy nerds. And that's, I think, what a lot of like girl bullies is about, you know, like the harnessing the energy that like, you know, a Nicki Minaj type gives, you know, in this world of just like we're like fabulous and we are girls and we win forever. <laughs> like girls rule, boys rule. What is your like, favorite way to be like praised and appreciated as a as a woman as a woman like if you're doming somebody and you want them to like appreciate your awesome womanhood I really like acts of service like I mean bless his heart little Sam Solo did not get a lot of action for the first year of our relationship I was like guess what you want some of this sweet action you're gonna be volunteering for the forecast for a hot minute yes. <laughs> Like, oh, you want to, you want to, yeah. Like when I first moved here to Los Angeles too, it's like, oh, you want to hit this? You can hand out some no prop 60 flyers. Mm -hmm, I I think so. And for people who don't know, what was no prop 60? And congratulations. Thank you. Um, So proposition 60 was a proposition on the ballot here in California that really would have decimated the adult film industry um, by allowing any resident of California to file a lawsuit against anyone involved in in an adult film and um, basically get access to their legal name, their home address, and profit off that lawsuit. So it was incentivizing harassment of adult industry workers who already face incredible marginalization on other levels. It was utter bullshit, and we had no money, but we... What was the angle in support of it? They were really smart about it, because the angle that was done was saying um, that people had to wear condoms. So I was was thinking it was the condoms. So when people just read it, they thought, oh, of course, safe for sex, for sex. Workers. Sounds great, but um, there were all these underlying um, other things that actually took so, rights so away. Fucking insidious. It was really weird and gross, and the and people you really helped it. get this or get it not passed. Yes, it, it was defeated. Um, the people behind it are the same people behind Measure B, which is the condom mandate that did pass um, in 2012 here in Los Angeles County, which is um, why a lot of adult moved. people moved to Reno. Or yes, wherever. exactly, Vegas, Vegas, the Deep Valley, all that stuff. Um, so uh, the AIDS Healthcare Foundation is headed up by Michael Weinstein, who has a very uh, mixed relationship with the HIV community. Like, sure, in the 80s, he was one of the first people to found an AIDS hospice. Huge at the time. Um, so founding the the AIDS Healthcare Foundation um, that resulted in essentially their business model, if I may say, is tied to selling HIV medication. And as we get closer and closer every day to, uh, you know, we're looking at people who are living long, full, healthy lives with mm-hmm. HIV mm-hmm. Um, and needing less and less medication. We have Truvada now. We have a, a pill you can take daily to protect yourself from HIV a pill that the AIDS Healthcare Foundation has consistently disapproved of, blocked access to. Um, I didn't even know that. I was in the room um, the day that like, uh, I saw someone from AIDS Healthcare Foundation oppose a California uh, Senate bill that the Free Speech Coalition uh, helped get passed last wow. year that would have, all it would have said is that every time you or I go get tested in California, and we test negative for HIV. We just get a little brochure and some information about PrEP or Truvada, um, <clears throat> a medicine you can take or a preventative medicine Prevent, you can take right. every day to prevent HIV. Like, you know, like if you 
test negative so for don't a pregnancy. People don't know about it. People don't know about it. Oh my goodness. I told an adult film performer who tested positive for HIV in the 90s and like went on to a different career, but has lived a long, full life living with HIV. And I told him the other day about PrEP for the first time. He had never heard about it? No. And he's probably taking wow. a similar medication because it is like a similar cocktail. Mm-hmm. And for partners too. <sighs> yeah. Well, I mean, I think that just relates to the way that our country works and that there isn't a lot of preventative health care and preventative yes. medicine. It's it's after the fact. Yeah. But I think what boggles me with Prop 60 is the, the such obvious targeting yeah. of, of sex workers. It, it's I don't know. It I makes f- me really mad. So many and sad. feels. Really right. mad. So many Just feels. mad and sad. But because the, they're bad. Exactly. People. But the great news is we defeated them. Like it yeah, was a David yeah. Goliath versus Goliath battle. They had money for giant billboards. We only had enough money for granola bars at a protest and some signs. But we won because we had what the was power. The ultimate. Um, and percentage. a lot of people watch porn. Also. And when you're in the wherever you're voting by yourself. I'm hoping yeah, you that look all deep those into people your porn who are heart. fans that don't want to say they're fans were like, okay, mm-hmm. got to keep my my actors, my porn. And the, the porn industry, like, okay, we're really small. The Like the sort of mainstream actor population who's producing commercial porn, not in the amateur market. We're a population of like 2,000 people. It's so small. It's the smallest little family. And we had pretty much everybody had changed all their social media avatars to say like vote no Prop 60. There were ads on like tube sites. And um, every (laughs) the the day we did the protest and showed up outside Michael Weinstein's um, office on Sunset Boulevard, like Mm -hmm. 200 performers, like just chanting at one point organically. It was just near the um, finale of Game of Thrones. We all started chanting shame, shame, shame. Like Outside oh, his yes. door. It was New season's coming. I'm excited. I'm so excited. Um, but, you know, it, on that same day, a bunch of different um, content providers blocked out access to their site, at least for like the first splash page that was like, if you don't vote no on Prop 60, your porn in California, your porn access will look like this, just like black. Because the only way to really protect oh. yourself would be to block out That's California. That's so fucking smart. We did it. Wow. Which is amazing. Congratulations. I have a question, uh, another question about porn. So Mm -hmm. you won the Feminist Porn Award. And Nicoletta and I actually did an episode, our second episode was just kind of talking about porn and that was in preparation for Nina Hartley coming Mm. on our podcast. But one thing that we talked about and tried to understand better was the concept of feminist porn. And I think kind of where, not necessarily where we went wrong, but we... I still am unsure of the distinction between porn for women and feminist porn. Mm -hmm. And I would love if you could kind of explain that difference and also like what makes porn feminist and is, do you exclusively engage in feminist porn and that whole space? Totally. Oh my gosh. Okay. I'm really glad you asked that. Um, so the feminist porn awards are now defunct. They, um, were rebranded as like the Toronto international adult film or porn awards, I believe. Um, but at the time when I submitted a film, um, uh, homance. Uh, it was, homance? <laughs> homance is what it's called. Um, Better it, than a bromance. Absolutely. Homance forever. Oh, some of us like bromance. <laughs> yeah, it's nice too. It's <laughs> nice too. Um, but uh, so uh, there were a lot of conversations around this very topic. Um, I have a very complicated relationship with the the concept of feminist porn. Um, I am, even though I've definitely like made a career from sort of like that genre, I do really see it as a genre. I don't see it as a movement. I think it's very interesting to explore ideas of feminism, like 
with your video content, you know, whether it's porn or otherwise. But I think that when we categorize the um, the making of pornography as feminist or ethical, then we imply that like the regular kind is not. Right. And I think we're hoping for like the baseline, like porn should be feminist and ethical. Like, well, I think there's a big difference between having people behind the scenes who are running it make it feminist and yes. ethical versus what's being shown in the video being quote unquote feminist yeah. and ethical. Because then you have a lot of people saying, oh, well, this gangbang, you know, and all this rough stuff like she or whoever obviously didn't want that or like right. how could that be feminist? And I would say like, you know, all of the sort of... um philosophizing aside, I think the most feminist sets I've been on have been for HardcoreGangBangs.com. Uh, Matrix Madeline Marlowe. Yeah, apparently you get to pick your theme yeah, if you're it's the incredible. model. It's incredible. I was hearing that on your podcast. Yeah. If you're the model for a kink.com hardcore gangbang, you get to pick the theme. Yeah, and like when... I work really team. hard. Or clowns. Clowns. Oh. oh, one of my favorite ones is that Bella Rossi did one where she was Jessica Rabbit and everyone was like weird Roger Rabbit characters and Tommy Pistol like did the Roger Rabbit voice so well. It was so <laughs> creepy. And my friend Mickey was one of the weasels and he was just like did the voice because they're nerds and it was oh so God. good. So, but you so <laughs> hardcore gangbang you say was yeah. one of the most feminist things. Why? Just because you have such, such control, or I, I have had such control on those sets, and um, you're getting to, like, execute your vision. Like, a gangbang is hard, a hard fantasy to realize. Mm -hmm. And so having, like, a team of women supporting you to realize that fantasy, like, the crew is all women, the director's a woman. Oh, you're really? If you, like, have a full script of a Star Trek fantasy called The Next Penetration, as Ingrid Mouth did, <laughs> that will be, and especially we when they- We need to have a viewing of all of these. They're so good. They're so good. Um uh, yeah, and especially when they were still filming in the Armory, which was like a full, I, I akin shooting at the Armory with like the old Hollywood backlot. It's just like, uh -huh. oh, there's like someone oh, walking by in full anymore? latex. Yeah, they just, they just shuddered. Oh. I mean, I'm sorry. If I had a castle in San Francisco, I would not be shooting porn out of it. I would be making money off that real estate. Fair like enough. it's just not, there's like, you can enough. shoot porn anywhere. So it yeah. sounds like you see feminist porn more as like having some agency and ownership over what you're making. Absolutely. Not agency, but. Just fully Tons of it, yeah. And, you know, you're not going to have that on in, like, any every work setting because, you know, capitalism. But, um, mm -hmm. yeah, and so whereas on feminist porn sets, I've definitely been on a set with a, like, feminist director that didn't care about testing, uh, canceled my shoot without um, – and tried to not pay me a kill fee, um, left me stranded in the middle of, like – uh, you know, rural America uh, with like not a great way to get home. I had to like spend the tiny kill fee that she gave me on changing my flight. So like that, <laughs> and she and she makes content that like How gets on is her considered feminist porn. Yeah, so that like, is so fucking interesting. Well, I've also been on feminist porn sets, like told to tone down my sexuality, like do things just like a little more. Um, Authentic, if you could. Um, I've like, also what you, and what if okay, that could was you give your a, Could you give a specific example? Sure. Um, yeah, I, I was shooting a scene with again my friend Mickey Maud, and I've written about this. Um, and it was like a Fifty Shades of Grey inspired scene. It was kind of after stuff for the books and movies started coming out. Um, and Mickey and I have like shot together a ton of times. We sometimes fuck in our personal life. Um, we're both, you know, medium kinky, like healthily you know, robustly kinky. And um, so we're, we're fine. You know, I'm on a St. Andrew's cross. Like he takes my breasts out. And What's a St. Andrew's cross? Some of our listeners don't know these Okay. Things. So St. Andrew's cross, it's like a, a wooden X with little. Or sometimes leather and wooden. Right. And there's little um, 
places for you to be like shackled, like restraints on each end of the cross. And it stands up. So I was on one of those and uh, he's we're making out. I think he pulls out my boobs and then like playfully starts like hitting them a little bit, which I I enjoy personally. He knows that. And um, we're having a good time. You know, a light, a light slapping, just a little, you know, just giving it. Oh, 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 yes. (laughs) And the director was like, I'm sorry. Can we stop this? Can we just can we do a little bit less of the slapping? It's just a little much. Uh, And I was like. Oh, like your and you were like, I'm actually liking or it. Oh yeah, for sure. So, so no, we were like, including okay, the, like violent uh, undertones, <laughs> right? Was too much. And so, like, um, Mickey and I looked at each other and we were like, all right, shift down to like boring sex. And so we had that. We did it, and it was great. And we gave a great scene that was that was exactly what they wanted. You know, like focused on. He went down on me for a long time, and I had threw my head back and just was overwhelmed by my orgasm because I'd never really felt that before. You I know, can definitely it's see your amazing theatrics coming be, through and I love watching it. it's supposed to be kind of following the line of Fifty Shades of Grey, which really is yeah. like a not accurate portrayal right. of kink and like right. responding to people's newfound interest yet tentative interest totally in like what is kink i mean it's a, it's a request that makes sense but it, also yeah in the moment i also see it also being very conflated exactly and so like when we use terms like feminist and authentic and like i just need to, i just want us to be clear i've come to terms with, with just acknowledging that those are like genres you know mm-hmm. it's like when i shoot for a feminist set they want a particular type of thing in the same way that i shoot for a hardcore set or a fetish set um, they want a particular type of thing you know I wouldn't go on to a um, a feminist set or quote unquote like a, let's say a bright desire set and like talk the way I talk on girlbullies.com you know mm-hmm. like it's, it's like, a different vibe it's a different vibe is there any cats that? versus Les Mis exactly <laughs> is there anything that you think would really benefit the porn industry that you're just like why is this thing not happening oh god um, and that can be either legislative or uh, the industry as a whole um, I think the way media interacts with us, that's sex workers at large. Um, but right now I'm just like immersed in this hot girls wanted nonsense. Yeah. Um, and so I think that if just like the mainstream media media would stop treating not only porn performers, but sex workers at large as as if we were second class citizens. And like, I get it. You know, I've seen actresses, especially in this world, have to struggle and do the thing that women have to do, which is the only reason that there are wives is that they're also whores. And like there's a, a the right kind of woman only because there's the wrong kind of woman. Mm. And so like I understand that as you move through life and you like say you want to be Kiera Knightley, like you want to be that mainstream, beautiful it girl. You have to constantly move through life saying, no, no, I'm not that type of girl. No, I won't do a, needs, a, a nude scene because I'm not that type of girl. Mm-hmm. What do you think is I mean, I know a lot of people sing praises of a lot of hot girls wanted mm-hmm. things. What do you think are some positives and negatives that we can take from that? I think anything that showcases people as human is important. Um, So as much as I have incredible problems with like, for example, the privacy violations um, in Hot Girls Wanted. And if you aren't aware of that, go check it out on the news. This is based on the Hot hot Chicks. What is it? Hot Girls Wanted was a documentary that first came out. And now there's 
there's a more to it? Yeah. So um, in April, late April of this year, uh, the second installment of Rashida Jones's Netflix documentary series was was uh, released. Six part docuseries, Hot Girls Wanted Turned On. Um, and, you know, it, it examines issues of feminist porn. It examines issues of like technology and sex. There's like a Tinder episode and things of that nature. But they also have a couple episodes featuring a great deal of folks from the adult industry, including several folks that they just did not get consent to use their images. Um, cam girls who had restricted geographic access because like, so you're a cam girl every day, right? You want to know that when you go to the grocery store, you're not going to run into the person that you're camming with so you every day. So you can decide if you're only camming in certain states exactly. outside of your area. Exactly. Yeah. Unfortunately, Netflix is everywhere. So when uh, the Hot Girls Wanted folks filmed someone in Australia accessing a webcamming platform, they didn't think like, hey, maybe some of these webcam models don't want to be seen everywhere that Netflix is distributed. And that's exactly what happened. I had oh, models. no. I had models calling my office, that's you awful. know, terrified. Well, that's I mean, I think for all of our listeners, that's important to consider that things that you're watching I mean like Hot Girls Wanted there are some great things you can take from it but always listen with especially even to this podcast with a sense of curiosity but also a wondering of how you can look even further and beyond because all the info you might be getting um, isn't always I don't know I don't know if right is the correct word we always get consent here on Sluts and Scholars Um, I want to add really quick about the Hot Girls Wanted issue as well as so several of uh the performers involved were also had private information revealed, like details, like legal names, uh, details about people's home addresses. Wait, what? Exactly. Yeah. I don't know why people. That just seems like a very obvious thing not right? to do. Yes. Agreed. Um, and It since, seems like there was this assumption that if you have your asshole on camera, that yeah. we can release all this other information about you. Absolutely. That's so fu- and that really ties into, sorry, no, I would like to let you finish your point because it really just ties into the crux of the issue of what we try to get here. Exactly. And, and um, since that time has happened, uh, one performer who had her legal name revealed has begun uh, receiving like graphic images of her work at her mother's home address, different family members have started receiving other mail. She's been harassed online. Uh, it's it's not hypothetical. It's not like we went searching for a story. Like, no, I had cam girls calling my office scared. I, I had to do something. So the Free Speech Coalition has sent several letters now, three, um, barely, we haven't really gotten a response. They did a to, variety. To Netflix? Yeah, from Netflix or to the say, producers. To say take it down or to say edit out? Or? We asked uh, for people who did not consent to have their images used, to have their, their faces and personal information blurred. And like, they're not acquiescing? Not at this point. Um, we also like asked to have a conversation like between like the Free Speech Coalition, perhaps APAC, but people involved. So we stopped doing this. <laughs> like this is not the first time this has happened. And I'm sick of it. So I, we're continuing to are fight that fight. Are there things that you're wishing? I know we have to wrap up, but I'm just curious um, as people that are not in the industry, like yeah. are there ways that people outside of the industry can help? For sure. Uh, go to freespeechcoalition.com. You can email info at freespeechcoalition and sign your name onto the 150 plus uh, human trafficking organizations and individuals and uh, human rights organizations that have signed on. Uh, you can tweet at Netflix at I am Rashida Jones at Hot Girls Wanted. Use the hashtag Hot Girls Wanted. Hijack that hashtag and tell people what hot girls really want, uh, which is respect, privacy, consent, uh, an answer. <laughs> well, I couldn't have even responded. 
Well, we are so grateful that you consented to be on our podcast and you're such a wealth of knowledge and we hope that you will come back. So many more questions for you. But if people want to stop talking, I'm sorry. If people want to follow your work and get through to you or the Free Speech Coalition you already listed, um, how can they find you? Absolutely. Uh, You can always find me at thewhorecast.com. I'm also on Instagram at uh, therealwhorenextdoor. And uh, yeah, you can follow me on, on the Twitters at CZQJames. Well, thank you so much for joining us this week, Susie. We really loved having you here. And as always, if you like this episode and want to see more, make sure to subscribe and review. And you can find us on Twitter at Sluts Scholars and on Instagram at Sluts and Scholars. And we'll see you next week.